Welcome to Trust the Bachelor Process, a podcast where Bachelor superfans and sisters, Alex and Sarah, discuss all things Bachelor Nation, typically with a glass of rosé in hand, our two true passions. So sit back with us, sip rosé with us, and enjoy the journey with us. James's season of The Bachelor. What's up, everyone? Yes. Yes. And by the way, somebody reached out to me. Thank you so much on Instagram Mm -hmm. explaining that Alex totally messed up last episode. (laughs) That's not how she framed it. It's how I framed it. (laughs) But the girls were saying, we've been here three weeks already. And we're like, that's insane because there's been like two dates. It's that they've been, they're count, they've only been in the world of Matt James for one week because she was counting the two weeks of quarantine. Oh, Serena P, counting those so weeks. We're getting technical. This is like week two and a half. <laughs> okay, Sarah. Okay. We know how obsessed you are with continuity. So I'll give you it. Okay. Um, well, this was quite a doozy of an episode because we were hit with a curveball that I don't know that we've ever seen in Bachelor history before, um, at least not this late in the game. But before we get to that, should we talk about the uh, the post that Claire made regarding her breakup with Dale? Yeah, so Claire responds, um, basically saying she found out about the breakup the same time we did. So do you Which, think... Okay. I, I'm just saying, which I think confirms my theory, <laughs> was that Dale was never actually dating Claire, but he failed to inform Claire of that information. Sure. I mean, is it that like she wasn't aware of the breakup or was it that she wasn't aware of the announcement? Like she was under the she was under the impression that they were going to come out with a joint statement together, but he ended up going rogue. Okay. That's interesting. Here's how I interpreted it. Okay. Because listen, I don't think Dale is like any sort of like, like he doesn't, it's not like he's necessarily like has a way with words that he's like the most clear person, (laughs) clarifying person. I kind of pictured it that it was like, maybe they were talking in the way you and I are talking right now, maybe like over Zoom and, or on the phone or something. And he was like, I'm just like, not really sure if I'm like in this anymore. And she's like, well, like we need to show up for each other every day. Like this is really hard work. And he was like, yeah, but I'm just like, I feel like I put in the work and like, I just don't know that my heart's like really in it anymore. And Claire's like, okay, well let's like, like, let's just like keep trying and he'll, and he's like let's take a week <laughs> at the end of the week he just posted <laughs> thank you for transcribing that, that entire conversation that you imagine they've had <laughs> yeah, that was how I pictured it all going down 
Okay. Um, all right. Well, I also think that's probably a likely narrative. Um, I also know that there are, I've also spotted, and I'm sure you have too, there have been headlines that have since come out saying that Dale was cheating on her the entire time that they were together, which would confirm your theory about the fact yeah. that he was never in this relationship and just forgot to tell Claire. Um, yeah, I don't know if he forgot or just chose not to. I just know the information never made it over to her. Mm, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, yeah. This is a good thing. And I'm hoping the fact that it, the, the, you know, the breakup not being amicable makes it easier for Claire to move on because like yeah she's already like posting pictures of her and her like sandex and like running shoes and stuff and like yeah. asking women to send like fun songs for her running playlist so I think it'll be fine yeah no, she absolutely will be fine I just think sometimes when you put somebody up on a pedestal you can be like you can sort of lie to yourself and be like but they were amazing but like Dale being so callous, like, doesn't give her that period of time that she needs to go through to, like, realize that he wasn't that amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't mean to get all, like, meta, but I do feel that the people who are truly to blame for all of this are Bachelor producers, because I think that they had nothing like like there was like nothing that they could get out of Claire's season she was clearly just obsessed with Dale I think they pushed both her and Dale in the direction of just picking each other and getting engaged and I think that they brought Tasha again without informing Claire <laughs> and they were like seeing it and I think that they kind of orchestrated the entire thing probably <laughs> probably all right well, let's move on to the episode that truly gave me whiplash. I didn't know which way was up, who was who. Ben Higgins was there. Like you and yeah, I were to- for like a second. And it kind of was this thing where I was thinking back to the episode and I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> ben Higgins is like arguably the most important person to us, like as Bachelor fans. And even he's like such an afterthought in this episode, which goes to show how much was just sort of stuffed in here. Actually, this is a little off topic. It's on the topic of Ben, but I wanted your opinion. Mm -hmm. His now fiance posted that she has never watched Ben's season and probably never will. Mm -hmm. And I applaud her for that, but I don't think that I would have had the willpower. Would you have watched if your new like husband to be was a bachelor or on the show? Would you have like watched the season? Probably not. Like I probably. Uh, I, I definitely would have told him that I did it. And then, and then like when I watched it in my closet or something. I might have like like read a Wikipedia summary but like I'm just thinking about it in the context of the person I'm in love with now like if I had to like watch him kiss a bunch of ladies like oh that would like that would hurt so much I couldn't do that even if it was in the past like I don't want to look at it yeah I feel like I definitely would have watched <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> of course you would you sick perv <laughs> I know I feel like that is why <laughs> like I don't know maybe I'll like it <laughs> now, but in reality what would probably happen is I would like subconsciously be holding this stuff like 
in the back of my brain. And then like someday in the middle of an argument, I'd be like, you never talked to, talk to me the way you did to Jessica P. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Really? <laughs> are these flowers yeah. for me? Or are these, you know, just because you knew Jessica P liked them? <laughs> they would feel right. sincere, but it's not. Um, <laughs> Well, okay, so let's get into this episode. Um, as much as I would like to think uh, about my current partner making out with other women, I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather move forward. Um, Sarah, you can save that for your spank bank later. Um, <laughs> if you mean to. Ooh. <laughs> what? I might have to look that word up. <laughs> uh, okay, so in the beginning, this is a very we are we are entering a night portion of a date that oh my god i don't think I, we even realized that there was a day portion of the date that we left off on i'm so confused yeah i very still there? Mm-hmm. i couldn't even tell you what date this is but essentially there's like some sort of night time <laughs> that <laughs> we're like okay I guess we're just supposed to buy that there's a second half of something that I don't even know that we landed on and they just like shove Abigail in our faces like look she's still here and they're still happy and I'm like oh yeah yeah so nothing really meaningful came out of this night portion of this date other than the fact that Matt just doesn't seem into any of them and just misses Sarah it just seems like he like he's just sort of looking at these girls and being like, okay, let's get through it. There was one interesting thing that happened, which I was excited that we got to see was um, Chelsea's conversation about her hair with Matt. Um, like she showed him a picture of when she had long hair and talked about the anxiety that black women have uh, around their hair and um, how when she finally shaved it off, it was sort of this liberating experience. Um, it was really, really beautiful and emotional and I'm, and I'm you know, it gave me a lot of perspective on something that I didn't necessarily know a lot about. Um, I also, just in general, and this is just like a really shallow observation, but she is so much sexier without hair. Yeah, she's really, really stunning. Like it's, it's very, like she, she's just captivating. Yeah, she's got like a beautifully heart-shaped face and this like, unbelievable body um yeah like I know that we haven't had a lot of time like getting to know her personally on like on tv but she just seems like a really cool and casual girl like just really down to earth which is like I actually didn't super appreciate something she did later in the episode (laughs) Just like compared to like all these women in this like really toxic house, like it was just kind of nice to see like a sweet moment. (laughs) Yeah, no, I really appreciated it. And it was even more so like when he gave her the rose, I was, it was sort of that moment. Like, you know, when you're sort of watching Ted Lasso and you feel like an all is lost moment is happening and then Ted is rewarded, you know, like, like his kindness. You're right. Same feeling with Chelsea when she got the rose. You're right, because she's definitely a fan favorite. Like everyone, she hasn't given us a reason not to like her yet, right? Like she, like we said, like she's absolutely gorgeous. Like she has this really cool vibe about her and like 
people seem to really, really like her. So it was like a very validating moment to like see this person that we think we all like actually like appear to be as awesome as we think that they are. <laughs> yeah. I know. I like, I like when the people that I think are pretty have cool personalities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I have to say, I was like all team MJ and now I'm like, not anymore I neither am I like I feel like she's fully crossed over into mean girl and we'll, we'll believe me we will get to that but it is a bummer because yeah. you know I like looking at you so I want to be able to enjoy what you're serving me but this I, episode was tough for some I was like tweet and it's like just a reminder that good hair does not equal good person <laughs> it's like yes oh. I know it's so true. Um, all right. We we put so much faith in her hair. Like we took a leap of faith. We put so much faith in the hair. But, yeah. You know, you can't you can't rely on those things. Like no. <laughs> um okay. Let's talk about Victoria confronting Katie, I guess. First of all, I am actually very concerned about her eye. I think she has an infected sty or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually, it does look like she might have a, a sty. I don't know if it's infected. In general, a sty does make your eye like- It puffs it up. It puffs yeah. It. So she might not, it might not be infected, but I think you might've diagnosed it. It does look like she has a sty. Um, and it does look like yeah. her face- hurts all the time like it looks like she's in like I feel like it's not being addressed and I kind of get it if it's not because you're on tv so you're putting on makeup and stuff but when you have a sty like nothing's supposed to touch that except for like a warm compress like and like baby shampoo since it's like no tears and you can like wash your eye out. but oh yeah sorry you know you're right I was going to say, no, there was a few seasons ago, it might've been Ari season where a girl just had a bandaid on her face and they like never talked about it. Yeah, they were like, never addressed it. We were like, what happened? Why do you have a bandaid on your face? We like, just, I almost, yeah, I almost wish Victoria, like Victoria would just like call it out and be like, hey, like I, you know, by the way, I, not that you have to wear like you don't have to wear anything to cover it, but I'm just like, I'm act, I was like, actually, I'm like starting to get worried, but I'm looking at photos of her now and it doesn't appear to be there. Yeah. I don't think it is there. It, it, I mean, it's something that shows up a lot that when you're stressed and this is a particularly stressful mm -hmm. environment. So it is possible, um, that it, this is what's bringing it out in her, um, yeah. not doing herself very many favors. And also it was just made worse by when she confront her confronting Katie, Katie's makeup and hair was the best I think I've ever seen. <laughs> well, and I was like cracking up because she clearly had just painted her nails and she like sits down and she has like claw hands. <laughs> Did you notice this? She I like sits down and she like can't and she's like looking at her hands and she just like, they're like claws. And then she just like rests them on her knees. 
I didn't. I something did sort of seem weird about her movement, but I didn't like I didn't put it together that it was her wet nails. That makes so much sense. Yeah, she did confirm it on Twitter that she just painted her nails. She just painted her nails. That makes sense. Okay, so this confrontation happens because the girls are Sarah's gone, by the way, and the girls are still being pretty mean about her being a gone a goner, even though she's not a threat anymore. So Victoria makes some statement about how the trash took itself out, and Katie was like can we stop? Like she's gone. What what is, what is saying that? Like, how is that making the situation any better? So Victoria approaches Katie and she's like, um, I think you owe me an apology for calling me out for what I said about, uh, Sarah, because I wasn't done expressing myself. And she's like, how is you name calling expressing yourself? And she's like, that's how I express myself. Yeah. She's like, you shut me down when I said the trash can take itself out. Like she acknowledged what she said mm-hmm. and she was not sorry about it. They're just, well, and not only was she not sorry about it, she was demanding an apology from Katie, but Katie is like too emotionally intelligent and too like perceptive to like even she's not playing at her level like she's not like there's nothing everything that Katie is saying is at an elevated level and to the point where Sarah can't even or Victoria can't even respond to what she's saying so she's just sort of opting out at every turn she's like she's like well if you're gonna do this I wouldn't like it was like the beginning stages of a threat but like she didn't have anything to back back it just looks yeah. like, it's like we're arguing with a fucking child or something. Yeah, it's really annoying. I think Katie is one of the oldest, if not the oldest in the house. She's 30 mm-hmm. and it shows just because of her maturity level. And I feel at least where we're at with Katie right now that they are kind of grooming her to be the bachelorette. Oh, interesting. It's kind of how I feel because she's super independent, like stands for what she believes in. You know, she totally has a Caitlin Bristow vibe about her, not to mention she kind of looks like Caitlin when she first joined the show and about the same age when Caitlin first joined the show. So it just, it, to me, I'm like, I think that they're putting her in a leadership role because she could has the potential to like be the leader. <laughs> yeah. Even if she's not the bachelorette, I think she's somebody that they're going to want in their family for a long time. Like they're going to want her to be a spokesperson about it, like issues. Maybe I, I mean, she's sort of being framed as like the sex positive um, person, which she, she's not being framed that way. She just is that way. She just has a lot of opportunities to be able to talk about it. Um, but like I, just, and sort of, I'm, going off on a side tangent here. I am like so annoyed and I think it's a very immature thing to do to equate someone being sexual as someone being immature and not ready for Oh, but because Victoria was like, you're expressing yourself with your vibrator or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and it's insinuating that because she has a vibrator, she's not ready for marriage. It's like, that is not the same thing as tearing down another woman to make yourself feel better. Like yeah. that, that one is completely immoral and one is just like the a vibrator, a self love, <laughs> a self act of self love that like shouldn't it shouldn't be taboo. It should be something to talk about. It was like a funny bit, especially within the context of quarantine. I just it was just something I wanted to put out there. I'm, 
No, yeah, I totally agree. I like her. I I kind of don't want her to go on Paradise. Like, not because I think it'll ruin her image. I just feel like I don't want to subject her to like the boys that are on the show. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want her to have to like go hang out with like Tasha's guy, like Noah. Like, I not Noah, but there are a couple of good guys from uh like Ivan. Like, there are a couple good guys from that season. The guy that blended, but yeah. I I don't think like again, I don't mean to be like she's so old. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but like she is 30, and I feel like they're all like younger, and I just feel like I just want her somebody at her level of life experience and maturity well can she go on paradise just so we can see more of her and she gets to hook up with somebody hot and then i would prefer her being the bachelorette like i would just prefer that okay all right there's i have another person that i want to be the bachelorette who i will reveal later um wow okay wait let me guess now and then I'll see if it's right when you reveal it. Okay, cool. Who do you think it is? Um, you think Serena P is gonna win? Um, um, maybe Michelle, the new girl. All right, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Or or Jacenia. or Kit. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, yeah, I will. I promise to reveal it. Um, I know who it is. It's Brie. Okay, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying it. I'm not gonna say. It. I'm okay. gonna say it when it's revealed. Uh, when, when we get to that part in our episode. Um, but I, I just like, I uh, as a, in, the last thing I want to say about Victoria and in in the context of Katie is. She is all diminishing returns for me. She's not bringing me any joy. She is just fully mean. And I, in the same way that like, not to the same degree as Yosef, but getting close, like, I just don't want to see this kind of behavior celebrated. I just, I need to move on. Like, I don't want to see you on the show anymore. Like, I agree. And I think that she is instigating the other girls because she's so shameless Mm -hmm. about this stuff. I, I I can't remember if I've talked about this or not. I know I've like told, like texted with some friends about it, but like, I firmly believe what would have been a more interesting villain is to have not brought Victoria onto the show and to have let Kit take the villain role. This girl that like loves attention and she's like kind of like, uh, she's like a little more, like she's a little quirkier. Like she, you know, dresses for the ladies, not really for the men. Like. I think that from what I've seen, she would have been a more interesting villain to me rather than Victoria, who just makes me want to pull my hair out. Yeah. Well, and in general, like Victoria has sort of, Victoria, her negativity seems to be making the negativity in the house grow so much more because whenever a girl wants to talk shit on another girl, they're like, well, I know Victoria will be down in the mud with me on this. So it's almost as if like, like her presence is making this world just more vicious in general. And when's the last time we had a villain that people actually didn't like, you know, cause like typically the villain is created and then you, you start to gain sympathy for them. And then you're like, actually I can start to see all their good qualities. Like we haven't had a villain that's actually just flat out disliked like this by everybody in like so long. 
like maybe Courtney Robertson, but she even like redeemed herself post season. Yeah, I think the difference with Victoria and I, it, one that continues to befuddle me is that the girls in the house, a lot of them seem to like her. It's, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, or at least some of the girls seem to like some her. Some of them do. It's not like well, she's- it, Do they like her? You're right. Is it that, do they like her or they allow, she allows them to just kind of be their like most unfiltered, you know, kind of mean. I think some of them- allow Oh, you think I, some of them genuinely? I do. I, do. I genuinely think she is liked by some of the women. Um, okay. So- all right, so <laughs> we're at the rose ceremony. And again, we are, though we are not on week four, we are still like far enough along in the process where we've gotten to know a lot of our girls. And because we know that the girls- I know their names by now, like that takes a lot. We're finally comfortable. It feels like the girls are finally settling. Therefore we are finally settling in and, um, Chris Harrison walks in and throws in a curveball. Uh, and that is that five new girls are going to be a part of this season. And okay. yeah, go ahead. Funniest part about this is Chris is explaining it to <laughs> Matt. And he's like, we had the biggest outpouring of applications because you were the bachelor this season. And Matt goes, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think yes, I have heard this before. I've been told this. <laughs> it sort of speaks to the conversation that we had with Taylor Mashak and Alyssa Littman on their podcast about how Matt feels like he belongs here. Like, you know, <laughs> no, like, I need to earn my spot. Like Matt just, uh, he's just like, of course, of course. Why wouldn't a record number of women, women had, you know, you know, applied to, to meet me? Of course, obviously. Okay. All right. Well, what's next? Should we meet right. them? Right. <laughs> Obviously. Okay. Yeah, that would be the cool. next obvious step in this journey. I know that we knew new girls were coming, but I I was still shocked by this delivery because I would have thought it had to have done with something. Like they would maybe it was related to Sarah because he was like so down and he's like, I'm not interested in anyone else. But like we didn't see any of that. Like it was very weird to just pull women out of the blue. Yeah, I, I the only thing that I can think of is because it's a new bachelor. Like they wanted to, and because it just because it is he is new. They kind of have to stick to the the very basics of the formula in order to make the show work. Like there's no really, he doesn't have, he's not savvy enough to break the mold. Like he's not savvy enough to like, you know, jump a fence or like manipulate who, like what girls he wants to be with, like go on which screen break up. Yeah. Like he can't, he doesn't know the rules to break them. Yeah. So they had to break them for him. Why yeah. I think they brought in these five girls. Um, but, um, so I, I, with that said, 
we knew it was coming and it was still unsettling. And a, a lot of the girls were very unsettled by this too. So we're gonna we're gonna chat about these girls in order of importance <laughs> to this episode, not in real life. All of these women are beautiful, incredible. Yeah, and I would just like to say, I would also feel unsettled if I was one of the women that has, you know, the OGs as they're calling themselves now. Yeah. And five people for that. I would also feel unsettled. And I actually think the people who like, I th- I think the people who actually communicated the, it the best were Serena P and Kit and Katie. And the way that they- And said, I think Rachel too. And Rachel, yeah. Basically- When she talked directly to him. Well, totally. I mean, the communicated it to the other girls. Like, oh, okay. When they came in. Like they're, I think they all said some variation of we- have just been here longer and established relationships with him to the point that it's just a little unsettling. Like if you're sensing a vibe, it's not because of you, it's because of the situation. Yeah, Um, like they're allowed to be mad at the situation. I totally like validate all of their feelings about it. I don't think that it's fair to direct it at the new women. Yeah. I understand that maybe you're not going to be their best friend right away and that's fine, but it was, it, it, it did not deserve like the level that it got to. <laughs> the level that it got to. Okay. So we're going to talk about it in order of importance. Again, not order of importance in real life, just in the context of this episode. So the first person we're going to talk about is Kimberly. Um, a ascending de- oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Kimberly, Kimberly is the only one of the new girls who was not asked back by Matt and this um, yeah has- if anyone deserves like love and support and hugs it's Kimberly that sucks and she walked out with like the boldest outfit I've ever seen. Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna make a statement, you know, like I'm gonna get him to notice me. It was like just her belly. Yes, it was an interesting construction of the dress, but she did seem like a very nice girl. She was like talking about her shirt. Lovely. Yes. Yeah. It, It was a real bummer to see this, but I will say, Kimberly's conversation with Matt was the most disorienting to me because it was such a first night conversation versus like we're getting into deep stuff with this girl with these girls like theirs was so introductory like "Mm, I have a dog you know that it kind of like the small talk of it made me and the ordinariness of it almost made me so super uncomfortable put her on paradise absolutely she deserves it yeah okay um, well we'll miss you Kimberly we hope to see more of you soon um the sorry next- that you probably didn't get a ton of Instagram followers from that <laughs> yeah um the next person of note is Ryan and she is you know a girl that's called back and she's like a dancer choreographer she's very cute um, here's the thing I like about Ryan she seems to have really really good perspective and she also has Brittany, her fellow new girl's back, and we will get into that. But she just seems like a good-natured person and somebody who has her feet on the ground. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to see her back. Um, the third person that we're going to talk about is Catalina. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. 
I, sorry, I don't mean to say, oh my God, and Catalina. I mean, I have it's not, it's not Catalina that that, it's oh my not God. Catalina. Actually, this was, there, this was hilarious to me because she is actually a pageant queen. Actually a pageant queen. So she has like her sash and her crowning victory. It's like, I'm sorry, there's only one Elsa in this group. I don't know how it turned into Frozen, but it did. And she's like, and, and she's like, I'm queen. And Catalina, so sweet, so naive, is like, oh my God, like what state? What pageant did you do? And Victoria's like, no, I'm just like self-identified queen. Well, and then this was the most disturbing part. She like summoned her over like really sweetly and then grabbed the crown off her head and wore it. This is something that like, happen not like directly but like feels like it happened to me in middle school like it was so, it was such a um like it was just such a raw power dynamic thing it was just like a a small way to make her just feel like an idiot and like she just wanted her to be humiliated in that moment and it made me so sick to my stomach to watch that like it wasn't funny uh, no Nothing Catalina, she does is funny. <laughs> Nothing no. she does is funny. And Ca Catalina like handled it the best way that she possibly could, which was just not by starting anything. <laughs> no. Um, okay, this next one is really, really, really hard to talk about. Um, and that's Brittany. Cool. Okay, so Brittany, gorgeous, you know. Yeah, confident. She's confident. She comes in, you know, she makes out with Matt, whatever. It's a move. I don't love it, but. By the way, like, well, first of all, they all kiss him without his consent. And this has bothered me from the beginning. <laughs> and two, she's not the first person to have done that. Like Mari, I think. No, maybe it wasn't Mari. Somebody kissed him night one. Yes. It's like one of those things that's kind of like, eh, but I'm not offended by I'm just like okay like yeah, and he seemed super down well and that's obviously what bothered the women so immediately Brittany is also I know we're talking about her fourth but she's also the first person out of the limo so she's the first person to walk into the lion's den and therefore is subjected to some of the most cruel stuff right off the bat and that's not even counting what's about to happen to her which is Maybe, you know, I said Katie showing um, Sarah compassion last week was one of the best things on the show. I think what happened on this episode is one of the worst things I've ever seen on this show. It's really, really disappointing. I mean, this was like, it turned, this turned from, from, oh my God, these girls are so annoying to like, wow, these girls, it's a really toxic environment. Yeah. And we had already... Okay, so the first thing that they say to her, Victoria obviously is bring leading it. And she's like, so how does it feel to be a backup? You know, like she's just trying to, again, make her feel small. And I loved Brittany in this moment because she just kind of does like a cute little smirk and she stands tall and she's just like, no, nah, they just wanted to save the best for last. And I thought that was such a cool and fucking breezy response. I was, I was like fully on board. I was like, this girl knows her power. She is like taking her spot here. She earned it. And because she showed that power, it was a feeding frenzy. 
And we saw the worst bullying and it didn't even come out of Victoria, who I think we assumed it was going to. It happened from Anna. And this was a real huge bummer. So really, really bad. I, and strange to me mm -hmm. on a few different levels. One, yeah, it was surprising to have come out of Anna because it just kind of seemed like, yeah, Anna was young and she was like following the gossip and everything, but she starts a pretty intense rumor, but she also does this about like halfway through the whole situation. So it's not like it was her timing to bring it up was suspect to me. Yeah. So basically she's insinuating this entire time that, you know, she's from Chicago. Brittany's also from Chicago and that people have messaged her saying that Brittany fucking sucks. I believe that's what she said, that, that the messages that she was receiving were that Brittany quote unquote fucking sucked. Um, so obviously Matt is quite taken with her and attracted to her. So when Anna is interrupted on her date, you know, after she's already decided how much she hates her, you know, and after she hides her acorn or whatever, <laughs> um, I'm assuming this was a producer move, but Brittany comes to interrupt her and that's the last straw for Anna. And that's when she decides to drop the bomb that she heard that um, Brittany is an escort. Okay. There are a couple of things that I want to talk about straight off the bat. Um, first off, there is no shame in sex work. And that's right. just like a blanket statement that I want to make. Sex yeah. Is and, and it's all in, and it was, dis it was disappointing on so many levels. And it's also disappointing that the show is allowing it to be framed as something bad that's what is really bothering me. It's, yeah. it's being used as something salacious, like, like a salacious rumor rather than something that is a part of her life. Um, with that, yeah. a good majority of the people who are watching The Bachelor are people that live in the heartland and might not be fully up to date <laughs> with progress. And this is, regardless if it's true or not, something that she's going to have to carry on with her when it wasn't her choice to share it or yeah. somebody made it up about her, but she's going to have to carry this with her. And nobody is thinking about the implications of outing something that she wasn't bring, going to bring up on the show, A, because it wasn't true or B, because it's nobody's fucking business, what she's doing is going to have to bear that responsibility and that level of shame. And it's, really, really upsetting to me because regardless if she's proud of it or not exactly what Katie said, this rumor has the, is, is so big that it does have the possibility to destroy her life and reputation um, because it's not on her terms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have not checked Anna's Instagram or social media at all, but I I'm curious if she's issued an apology or is going to issue an apology um, because this is a really big deal. And I think it's something that she deserves to be sent home for. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, um, 
it's unbelievably upsetting and watching Brittany watching having those words spoken back to her at Anna when she quote unquote pulls her aside slash addresses her in front of the women to yeah pulls her aside and like again tries like like what they all are doing is like frame it as like oh just like an FYI girl yeah I want to know that your reasons for being here are pure because I heard you're an escort which okay first of all you can be an escort and your reason for being here can also and want to fall in love. <laughs> like those two things are not mutually exclusive. Second of all, that's not how you were doing. Like, like you were, you were doing it to, to back her into a corner. And what ended up happening was so incredibly sad. I watched this incredibly strong girl. Like get a little small yeah. and start crying. And it was like, I started crying. It's, it was so, so, so tough to watch. And Afterwards, Anna's like big takeaway, or at least how they edited it was just like, I'm glad we had this conversation. Meanwhile, this poor girl is going to have to live with it for the rest of her life. Like yeah. being out there on a national platform. Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm disgusted. I think, and then, you know, Victoria was kind of in, in like, you know, and in this moment where Brittany's completely down, Victoria's like, well, why don't you just leave and giggles it off? Like there's just, there's just no compassion and no empathy. And like, I wished so badly that the girls stuck up for her. Like there were moments where we would hear stuff from Jacina, like when people weren't around, when this girl wasn't around, well, when she was saying stuff like, well, you know, some of those men just want company. It doesn't necessarily mean that she was doing anything sexual with them. Like. You would yeah. hear little snippets of people like trying to give perspective, but nobody stood up for her in that moment. Nobody's actually standing up for her to her in front of her face, in front of all the girls. Mm -hmm. Everyone's pretty much just being silent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty rough. There are like a few times where I feel like I want to abandon the show. And I feel like last night I got a little bit close and I'm just hoping, I don't, I have like little faith, but I'm hoping. A Chris Harrison town hall. I don't want a Chris Harrison town hall, but I'm hoping <laughs> that the narrative can be shaped in a way that's ultimately. Well, here's what happens to Bachelor Nation or here's what happens to the show. They do stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Thinking it's gonna create an interesting storyline it's going to create drama. And then in the age that we are uh, of social media, they are called out. It happened. Um, it's happening with this. It happened with oh, that stupid guy on Rachel's season that I can't even remember. Lee. Lee. Yeah. They bring on these people or or they create these storylines that they think are going to like cause drama. They're called out by how insensitive truly they are and how offensive that they are and then it's addressed in like women tell all mm -hmm. and they get to or like after the final rose and they get to like stand up and like hold up this woman and like show her like look how powerful look at her strength you are amazing and then get like applauded for doing the right thing <laughs> and it's like kind of the same narrative over and over and over again um, and yeah, it's like getting a little old. Yeah, I'm really, really over the formula. Um, I don't, 
I don't, I don't really know what to think, but this is one of the saddest I've ever been watching an episode of this on TV. Uh, and I just, I don't know, I feel icky. I very seldom feel icky when I'm watching this show because it's a very fun escapism. And I think a lot of people do it to play up the cameras, but this just felt gross to me. Yeah, yeah, this is beyond that. Um, well, moving on to something a little more sunshiny, um, Michelle is like easily moved up to like a new fan favorite. She has this like awesome one-on-one date. She's so cool, her and Matt click immediately and it's like she's been there from the start yeah like it's she is by the way my pick for bachelorette uh should she not be the winner I mean part of me now is just like but their chemistry was so palpable like I can never say that word right but you get it but it it was off the charts and like only she could deliver the line of we'd breed well and it come off as cute <laughs> yeah yeah it, yeah it was like a really really good date I like when they like got in the back of the car and he's like oh I feel like I'm in high school <laughs> like I just I like I don't <laughs> I like watching this guy have like natural connections to people <laughs> Oh no, me too. It's fun watching Matt like these girls. Like that's fun to me. Well, and he even said, he was like, he was just like, Brittany makes it so easy. Not Brittany, sorry. Um, Michelle makes it so easy to be around. Like I could just let my guard down. And I think that is like Michelle's gift. Like she is just somebody who is such a light to be around. Like she lives in the moment. She she can have real conversations. She can tease Matt. She's confident. You know, she's sort of like, I also think she understood what her role was. She did know that she was there a little bit late and she was just kind of allowed herself to fall right into it. Um, I also think it's so interesting because usually girls who have the first date is, are not the people that people, usually the first date with somebody is not the person that the lead picks in the end, but because we are midway through, Michelle, because he likes her, needed that extra time to catch up. So I bet immediately he was like, I want to take her. I like Michelle. Yeah. I want to take her on a date. And we already know that the producers feel good about her because they gave him like, they had to like jump off a thing together. (laughs) Yeah. They had to jump off the thing. They had the hot air balloon, classic (laughs) bachelor move, which by the way, if, if I was ever told I had to get in a hot air balloon, I would leave. Oh, me too. I, and uh, that basket was so tight. There was like nowhere to really move around. I don't like the hot air balloon. I don't know. Like if you've been on one, I guess like let us know. But I'm like, it's not anything I'm ever interested in doing. Mm-hmm. Like jumping out of a plane, hot air balloon, bungee jumping. Please, I, nobody ask me. I would much rather bungee jump and, and or jump out of a plane rather than like, because you know that it's going to, you're going to, you know that the fall is coming and there's a plan for the fall to come rather than to just like dangle in midair. And then you just don't know what's going to happen. I don't like, you know, what's actually the scariest part about the balloon is it catching on fire because that's essentially what's like keeping it afloat. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's not talk about it anymore. 
Um, okay, so we have this, gosh, third group date of the episode. This is all of the quote unquote OGs, mm, the varsity squad. Yeah. Okay. I don't mean to be a negative Nancy. I feel like that's been me my this entire episode, but I also, can we stop with the fighting dates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said this too. I, like an obstacle course is better than a fighting date every time. Like all these, they were told that their date was like, are you willing to fight for love? And everyone grunts because they're like, I've seen this before. Again, I don't need to see people beating each other up. Yeah. And, and that's, it's not, not, that's not a qualifier for, for like being the most in love. No, it's not at all. Like, I'll watch Maggie, you know, row her way in a pumpkin circle for hours before <laughs> I will, I'll watch two girls kick the shit out of the, each other. And people always- well, All these women were like good at this. And I was like, oh, I bet they all take like kickboxing classes. So this is actually like really scary. Yeah. Well, and like Serena P ended up getting legitimately hurt to the point where Matt's like, I don't know if Matt was actually the person to call it off, but if he was, it made him look pretty hot by him being like- I know, fell in love with him all over again. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, uh, so the cocktail party, we had like a few kind of bright spots. Like I thought that Rachel was like good because I was curious what it was gonna look like when like these girls, the OGs, if you will, like got to talk to Matt and if they were gonna be pissed off about the new girls, I think Rachel expressed it in a really good way, like expressed her feelings about it. Um, it didn't come off as like petty or gossipy or anything. Piper like came out of nowhere for me. Mm -hmm. That was like kind of like an interesting thing. Okay, so then Katie is like, enough is enough. Matt has to know about the tux, like, I don't know, the toxic environment in the house. And at first, my gut reaction was like, no, Katie, do not do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm so glad that she did because she, she didn't do it in a tattletale way. She didn't go and she didn't name names. She didn't name specifics. It was pretty general, unfortunately, because most of the women are participating. But she's like, I just have to let you know there's some shit going down. And I think that she did it. I think what she did was right. And I think she did it in the right way. Absolutely. At like, and ultimately the place that she was coming from where because these women listen to you and because you are in a leadership role, it is your job to set this precedent. Like she was just like, take your job as bachelor seriously and don't let this shit fly. And yeah. I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but we saw it in the previews with Matt said, like, you can't bully your way into my heart. That's not going to work. And I, I know. Thought, uh, Sarah's got gooey eyes, right? <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's a really genuine, like, I think that's such a, I don't, it's not attractive in general. It's not an attractive quality to belittle somebody. Like that's not. Well, and this is what happened to Courtney Robertson, right? It was like, she, I have since grown to like this girl, but she, she, bull, she bullied the girls in the house. And then, and then no one told Ben about it. And then he had to like go and watch it and was like, oh my God, because 
this is telling to who they are. I think a lot of them are young. I think a lot of them are immature and they will get there. I think Katie is able to step into the role that she has because she has a little bit more life experience. Like, I mean, a lot of the women we're dealing with are like 23, 24. But like, this is so like, I don't, yeah, it is intense in there. I mean, could you imagine living in that house? I would be afraid. No. I'd be afraid of like waking up with spiders in my bed or something. I know. And the thing about it is there, um, individually with the exception of Victoria, everyone's not that bad, but it gets so bad when they're together. It's just this like sort of unstoppable mob mentality before. Yeah, and I under I understand why it's happening. I can see how it's happening for the exact same reason. Like they're all just fueling each other, but I mean it's re- it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Or like even more so than just like the Bachelor, like his mother. That's like such an important person in his life. Like her having to like like if he picks one of those girls and then like she goes and sees like how they behave on the show. I don't know if you like face his family after that. I think, I don't know if I'm right, but I do sort of have this like underlying faith in Matt that he- Same and there's no reason why, but I also do. Well, just because he does seem genuinely drawn to kindness. And I feel like almost watching him with Michelle and watching him fall for somebody who is- objectively gorgeous but being drawn to the qualities that make her a beautiful person I think when I saw him like kind of come out of his shell with her and saw what he was actually attracted to in a woman was when I I I my faith I think was strengthened a little bit more because I'm like I think well, he actually felt- wants quality like I think that that's I felt the same way when he was with Serena P last week mm-hmm. Like, I felt the same way. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, thank God. Like this, like, thank God we got to see the two of them together. And Brie, you see that side in him when he's with Brie. Like there are a couple of women that really bring out a really good side in him. And that he's, again, they're all beautiful, but it's not, but there are a billion beautiful women on this season, arguably the most beautiful season of women we've ever had, but it's their personalities that really seem to be roping him in. And they're like, goodness. I think that you nailed it. I think he's attracted to kindness and he has a good intuition about it. Yeah. I, we all know Victoria is there because she's making good TV, but again, diminishing returns. Like I, I I hope she goes home soon. Yeah. I'm ready for her to go. Ah, man. Okay. I didn't mean to be such a Debbie Downer this episode. Um, I'm hoping that we're on an upswing. This was just a tough pill to swallow. Um, basically everything <laughs> uh, this whole episode uh with the exception of the bright sun shiny spot that was Michelle for the 10 minutes that we got to see them together um but ultimately it was a tough one so I, I'm I'm looking forward to a sunshine at the end of the or a pot of gold at the end of this rainbow yeah so am I I'm looking forward to seeing like yeah who he picks and it's, it's just so crazy. Like, I feel like he is like secondary to this season of the show. Like, it's just like all the actions happening in the house. <laughs> then when he goes on these dates, I'm like, oh, right, right, right. That's why we're here. <laughs> right. Oh God. Right. Two people are supposed to fall in love. Right. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Um, 
it seems like Tasha and Zach are so like really happy, which is making me really happy. I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, there are good things. There are good things to look to. And I think that we just need to trust the process and allow those good things to come into our lives. Yes, I agree. Um, okay, pals. Well, we'll see you next week. We will see you next week for week five, episode five. <laughs> if week three and one quarter. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. Bye. And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe. And of course, the journey doesn't end here. Follow us on social media at Sarah Elizabeth Franklin and at Alex Ryan Frank. We'll see you later. Hi, I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung, and we are the host of Crush Fictionally, a podcast all about your favorite fictional characters from movies, TV shows, and more. Each episode, we pick a theme, curate a list of characters that we love, why we love them, and some fun facts about the people who created them. So if you've ever felt a true connection with a fictional character, tune in to Crush Fictionally on Campfire Media or wherever you find your podcast. Campfire. <laughs>